The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. You may be seated. Give the media team an opportunity to get set up. Tonight's a, a different night tonight for us. Um, every year, the President of the United States gives what's called the State of the Union Address. And uh, what I'm telling you now will be repeated in just a moment, but gives a State of the Union Address. Every year, we seek the Lord for a word from God for that next year. And having gone through 21 days of prayer and fasting, how many of you are glad it's over? For most of you, for many of you, some are continuing on partial fast and continuing just to press in. I would encourage you to have a fasted lifestyle to live that way. And, uh, and it's good. It's just part of a discipline of walking with Jesus. Prayer, fasting, giving, those are pillars, really. Discipleship, learning, growing in the Word. And so tonight... Our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, will preach to us over video. He said, why is that? Well, I've gone back and forth over the years. Sometimes I take his notes and preach the word of the Lord that he got to take his message and preach it to you. And it can be good, but there's just nothing like having Papa come and preach to us. And uh, it is over video. Uh, but engage your heart. Don't, don't sit like you're watching the TV. You know, engage. Be there. Say amen and stuff. Let, let, get involved. It is the word of the Lord for all 108 extensions around the world, King's Cathedral and chapels. And you don't want to miss what the Lord's going to say to us. It's a prophetic word for us. And it's going to be dynamic and powerful. Let's go ahead and let that roll, please. Thank you. Psalm 85, I want you to start to read a verse Let's all stand up on Would our you feet, read with you? me? The word of the Lord. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints. But let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your loving kindness, your tender mercies. Thank you that you're a speaking God and that you speak to us and you have given me a word, not only for this congregation, but for the entire church of KC. And I'm asking, Lord, that there will be an anointing upon me as I share it, that I might share it with power and with great liberty and freedom, and that everyone who hears this message will respond in faith-believing, and their lives will be changed as they look forward to what you're going to do in and through them. We'll be sure to give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Every year, the President of the United States 
stands before a united Congress and gives the State of the Union address, which he'll be doing in the next couple days. Normally in the State of the Union address, he shares the plans of his administration for that year. I'm here today to give you the State of the Church address, but it is very different from the State of the Union because it's not based on my ideas or what I think things ought to be or what I want to do. It's based on me hearing what God wants to do this year, and my job is simply to communicate it to you. It's a prophetic word. A couple of weeks ago, someone came to me and said, Pastor, when are you going to give the State of the Church address? I said, when God gives it to me. Well, he gave it to me. And this is a word for you. You happen to be in this congregation this day. You say, well, I'm not from Maui. I don't go to KC normally, but you're here today. This is a word for you. And it's a word for our church, not just here on Maui, but throughout Hawaii, throughout the mainland and around the world. And this message will be preached in all of those locations. You say, well, pastor, what does that mean? I have some very dear friends who pastor great churches. One of them called me this week and shared with me the word that God had given him. It was a word associated with the number 15. Had another great leader, great prophet write me and tell me how God gave him a word. I've not watched any Christian television, so I don't know what's, who's saying what anywhere. I, I purposely don't watch, especially during this season, because I want to hear from God for myself. You say, well, is your word different than their words? Absolutely different. You say, well, why is that? Very simple. This is for KC. King's Cathedral and Chapels, this is for you. You say, well, pastor, what's the word? I want you to write it in your notes, write it in the title, and write it there in the notes. The word is revive in 2015. Everybody say it with me, revive. Everybody say it with me, revive. Turn to your neighbor and say, revive. And that's what this text is all about. When you turn to Psalm 85, you'll notice that the psalmist begins by recounting what God has done, and he praises God for his goodness. And then he moves, interestingly enough, into a prayer. He begins to pray, and he starts there in verse 4, and he prays basically three things. The first thing he prays for is that God would restore and forgive. It's a powerful prayer. And secondly, he prays in verse 6, revive. Everybody say revive. And he says, revive us so we can rejoice in you. And then thirdly, there in verse 7, he prays show. He says, show us your unfailing love and grant us salvation or deliverance. And then he moves from there and the psalmist <clears throat> receives an answer to his prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has an answer for you. It's an amazing answer. It's an answer of tremendous hope. It's a, it's a word from God, a word of hope.
He says it there in verse 5, I will listen to what God the Lord will say and look at what God says. First thing God says is I will, he promises peace. I want you to write in your notes, he promises prosperity or wholeness. And if we'll not turn back to our evil, he promises his presence will be with us. Wow. But the greatest thing in that promise is that when you read, starting to read there at verse 9 and following, verse 10 and following, you'll notice that from verse 10 to the end of the chapter, it's a picture of how heaven will come down to earth in many ways, in, in righteousness and peace and um, love and faithfulness. And he talks about how righteousness looks down from heaven and the Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield a harvest. Wow. He begins to literally say the kingdom of God will come in power. It's what Jesus told us to pray when he told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when the psalmist prayed, revive, he knew that the answer of his prayer would be that the power of God would come and touch us. You'll notice that as you read this psalm, you're struck that God is speaking to us in a profound way for this year. He wants to revive us. Everybody say revive. In 2015. You said, Pastor, that's pretty corny. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But I want you to remember it. What is the word for this year? One word. What is it? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Now, I'm going to tell you what that means. Because I believe God is going to answer this prayer in 2015. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? I believe that will be fulfilled this year. You say, well, wow, what does it mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. It's it's awesome. What this means is absolutely awesome. And I want you to write down ten things that is going to be fulfilled this year in your life and in the life of this church. The first one is this, there will be a reviving of fervor for the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say fervor. So what in the world does that mean, Pastor? I haven't felt that for a long time. There's going to be a fresh passion that's going to come forth and it's going to people listen where there was prayerlessness you're going to start to pray people will pray people will start doing what God called them to do even though they stopped for many years there's going to be a reviving of, of, of people doing some of the things God called them to do in the past People will begin to get serious about their relationship to God. No more of this wishy-washy nonsense. There are people that are going to actually not be ashamed of Jesus. 
They're going to get serious about their faith. Fourthly, they'll start hungering for the Word again. You're you're, going to see people starting to read the Bible and say, where can I learn more about God? And they'll get into a small group or they'll get into a, a class and they'll try to learn. They'll be in church to hear the Word. And they will be shaken out of their complacency. There'll be a shaking in their life. They will no longer be hang loose. They will desire God. And if they'll stop compromising with sin. And they'll yearn to be a part of the fellowship of believers. Are you still with me? And they will praise God more and rejoice in God's goodness. What they'll realize is very interesting. They'll realize that God is worthy of their praise no matter what circumstances they're going through. They'll be like Paul and Silas who were in jail, beaten for doing a good act. They delivered a woman from a demon spirit, and instead of the town congratulating them, they beat them and put them in prison. And you would have thought, my, what horrible circumstances. How unjust. But in the midst of that, instead of them complaining, in the middle of the night, they were praising God because they knew God was greater than any of their circumstances. And during this season, God's going to help you to see His goodness in spite of what you're going through. That brings me then to the second thing. So the first, there will be a reviving of what? Fervor. Everybody say fervor. For the Lord. The second thing that I believe will be taking place is that more people will be involved in the life of the church through the ministries in small groups. People that have just kind of been on the fringes. They're going to sense the calling of God to learn more, to grow more, to be involved more. They're going to be involved in the ministries. Some who've been called to children's ministry or youth ministries or, or the ushering ministry, the ministry of helps or the choir. They're going to say, you know, I need to be involved. Some of the people that used to sing in the choir are going to say, this year I'm getting back involved. It's because the Spirit of God's going to call you. And it's a serious call. There'll be those who once had small groups in their home, but over the years that went away. God's calling you back, and you're going to begin to disciple people again. There's going to be a reviving of involvement in the life of this church. Thirdly, people who once attended KC will be coming home, and they will be welcomed. Somebody say amen. We will rejoice that God's brought them home and that God's going to bless them and use them. Fourthly, now this is so important. I don't want anyone to miss this. I want you to write it in your notes and grab a hold of it because this is going to happen. There will be a reviving of dead relationships and families. Family members estranged will be desiring to be reconnected. You say, how do you know that? Let me tell you what happened to me. 
It was before this building was ever built. My wife and I were drawing, driving cross country on vacation. I've shared this story before. The Holy Spirit spoke to me as I was driving those long highways. He said, he said, I want you to walk the entire island of Molokai from one end to the other and bless it. I thought, well, that can't be God. That's a wild idea, but it can't be God. So I didn't say anything to anybody about it. Came back to Maui. And it just so happened we were hosting the ministry of Cindy Jacobs. <clears throat> and I'd sent her to Molokai on Sunday morning, and she was going to preach here on Maui Sunday night. And um, Pastor Kinsai was the pastor, extension pastor at the time there on Molokai, and he just so happened to come back to Maui on that Monday. And I was in my office, and he happened to come by and stop by. And for some reason, I don't know clearly why he even said it, but for some reason I turned to Pastor Kinsai while he was in my office. I said, Pastor Kinsai, I had this very unusual thought when I was driving on the mainland this summer. I said, I had this thought that came to me very strongly that I was to walk Molokai from one end to the other and bless the island. Pastor Kinsai's eyes got big. And he said, Pastor, he said, yesterday morning in the service, Cindy Jacobs prophesied that a group was going to come to Molokai and walk from one end of the island to the other and bless the island. And I said, oh, no. It was God. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go doing that unless I was prayed up and fasted up. So we waited till the 21 days of fasting and prayer, like in this season. This was many years ago, and we'd fasted for 21 days. And I was very thankful that my staff was willing to come with me. And we all flew over to Molokai. We started over there in Mauna Loa. It took us three days to walk the whole island. But when we finished walking it and blessing it, I know every pothole on that road from Monaloa all the way to Halava. And when we finished walking that island, it was very amazing what happened. For about two or three weeks after that, families, families not even in our church, but families started to be reconciled. People that had awed against each other started asking for forgiveness, and people started coming to God. It was an amazing thing. Now, it lasted for about three, three or four weeks. You know, I, I don't think you remove demons from an area. You can anesthetize them for a while. And, you know, they started doing their normal antics. But I'll tell you what happened is God began to break through. And one of the first signs of what he was doing was a reviving of relationships that had been broken by hurt. I believe that's going to happen this year. I believe some family members that have far, are far away from any relationship are going to come home and there's going to be uh, people you've prayed for in your family are going to begin to come. The next one is very important though. Number five. Write it down. Grab it because this will change your life. Are you still with me here today? Those of you watching by video, you write this down. You mark it. Things you thought God was leading you to do, but it was stopped. A reviving of that endeavor will take place. It may be a project. It may be a business. It may be a trip, an activity. Don't be surprised if God revives it this year. It may be something you had in your heart, but everything went wrong when you tried to do it. 
Look for a reviving of that thing. Number six, resources that dried up will be released and there will be an abundance. There will be a reviving of resources. Things that seem to have vanished, they're going to begin to come back supernaturally. You're going to go, how in the world is this happening? It's because God is giving a word. It's revive. It's revive. It's revive. And it's going to affect every aspect of your life. The seventh thing is that there will be healing of emotional pain as reviving of God's peace in your life. Things that have been unhealed for a long time. This word as it's being spoken even now is beginning to bring healing to hearts. And you're going to find that in this coming year there will be areas of your life that will be revealed already, already, already. Had a person call me long distance to tell me how God revealed to them an area of their life that they did not know was a problem. And God has brought healing to them. On and on and on and on. I'll never forget an incident that happened way before this building was built. We were on the Connie Street property, I remember, because we were in that office there. I did a lot of counseling back in those days. That's what my doctorate is in, is in pastoral counseling. And so I, I, um, I did a lot of counseling. And for some reason, God gave me success in counseling. And this lady shows up at my office I'd never met in my life. Um, somebody had told her that if she needed help, she ought to go see Dr. Morocco. So she came, and I didn't know her. And, but I took time to meet with her. She was overwhelmingly depressed. She, she, she just she felt like she was dead. And I remember sitting with her, and I prayed as I normally prayed before, and I then asked her an interesting question. I said, look, in the last three months, has anybody close to you died? She said, come to think of it, yes. And she began to describe the person that uh, had died who she loved. I said, now, you've been to a lot of counseling. She said, yes, I've gone to many counselors. I said, did any of them ever ask you that question? She said, no. I began to do grief counseling for her, which is a normal pattern that you do in counseling. And uh, we prayed together at the end of our counseling session. I got a call from her the next day. It was, a, it was an interesting call. She says, pastor, she says, did you know the flowers are beautiful? I said, uh, yeah. She said, but I've never seen them before. And they're beautiful. And she began to go on about how she could breathe better and how everything was wonderful. All that had happened is that horrible depression that had been on her was now lifted as God had healed her. That is going to happen this year to you. God is going to heal you emotionally. Number eight, a revival of holiness is going to happen. The bondages you now have will be broken off of you. Somebody say hallelujah. You'll get serious about getting right with God in many areas of your life. Number nine, our church will be entering a season of revival.
Well, I'm glad you're so excited. I said our church will be entering a season of revival through special meetings that will be taking place. God is sending to us individuals that he's going to use powerfully. And as a result of that, you're going to have faith to believe that every time you gather on a Sunday, God's going to show up. Are you still with me here? And number 10, God will quicken your mind. You see, the word revive can also be translated quicken. God will quicken your mind. And how many of us know we need that? But God will quicken your mind to receive his strategy for the next season of your life. He'll begin to show you things that he wants you to do. And he's going to give you understanding of what, where you are and what God's plan for you is. It's an awesome thing. In fact, I stand in awe of it. That brings me then to the third thing that I believe God is speaking to us about. And we must keep in mind our response to God's word is important. You say, well, if this is the word of the Lord, it's going to happen. Wait, stop, stop. Remember the children of Israel, God led them out of Egypt. There were two million of them led by Moses. It was God's intention for that group of people to go into the promised land. That was his intention. That was his word. He'd been speaking that for over 400 years. Now, you say, well, what happened? That group did not go in. God had to wait for another generation who did believe him to enter in. There is a response to the word of the Lord and how you respond to this word will determine what this word will do in your life. Listen to me. It is God's intention for this year to be a year where we will revive. It really is. Already certain things are happening that are very real to me. I can see it. You say, well, pastor, how am I supposed to respond? I want you to write these things down because they'll help you. Number one, I want you to praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I want you to begin to praise him in a greater way than you've praised him. Now, I notice when I'm up here on the stage and I'm worshiping the Lord, I'll look out in the congregation and I'll see some people, oh man, they're praising God. Then I'll see some people just standing there. And it's, it's as though they think that the worship team is up here to entertain them. The worship team is not up here to entertain you. I'm thankful that they sing well. I'm thankful that the music's nice. Their purpose is to get you worshiping God with them. Well, I'm not used to this. Well, listen, you go to a rock concert, you know all the words, and you sing along with the rock stars. Come on, give me a break. I see it happening. You know those songs. You can read, and you can read off the thing what the song is. Open your mouth and sing. Give me a break. God is the God 
of heaven and earth has created all things. It's not by accident Pastor Janelle shared what she shared. She didn't know what I was going to preach on. She shares an offering message of the greatness of God. Well, when you think about the greatness of God, you begin to praise Him more. So, Pastor, I got problems. So what? What does that have to do with anything? Everybody say, praise Jesus! I like what the prophet Habakkuk receives from the Lord there. In chapter 1 of Habakkuk, Habakkuk sees things. God shows him. And God says to him in verse 5, I am doing a work in your day that would not that you would not believe if told. God wants to do greater things for you than you even know. So start praising him now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Secondly, pray. Pray this year revive us. Make it your declaration. It is the word of the Lord you pray. You pray the promises of God. You pray this promise. You pray it. Revive us. Revive us. Thirdly, listen. Everybody say listen. Listen to what God says. There'll be times when you're shaving and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Go, how do you know that? Because he does that to me. I'm not thinking about anything. And all of a sudden, he'll give me a thought. And I know it's not my thought because I couldn't think that good. And I know it ain't the devil because it's bringing glory to God. And I go, whoa. He'll, he'll speak to you as he did when I was driving cross-country about Molokai. Listen. Fourthly, turn from evil. You'll notice in Psalm 85, the word turn is used a number of times. It's, it's clearly God saying, look, cut the ties of stuff. You're in some kind of relationship that's not good. Cut it. You have some bondage to some kind of evil through the internet or television or whatever. Cut it. Get rid of it. You see, you can take steps to literally build a hedge of protection around your mind. Your mind doesn't have to be a sewer. Turn, turn, turn from the evil. And what's so interesting about it is when you turn from the evil and you cut off those ties, you'll experience in greater measure the love of God. Number five, stay humble. You say, Pastor, wait a minute. Where did you get that from? All I'm asking you to do is not to be proud of being humble. <laughs> stay humble. Oh, I'm such a humble man. Right. <laughs> Let's run that through again. Listen to what Isaiah says. In Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, he starts out by saying, I dwell. God's talking here. He says, I dwell. And then he goes on to say, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. God says, if you're humble, I'm going to move in power to revive you.
and to refresh you and to restore you. You see, when God begins to work this year in profound ways, when resources are being released, when dreams you had that once were dead now come alive, and you begin to see before you things you have yearned for begin to happen. When those things start happening, you begin to categorically at times think, oh, boy, I must be someone great. No, 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 no. God's great. This is his year. The word of the Lord is now being released in this congregation worldwide. It is going to happen. When it begins to happen, you walk humbly and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sixth, believe that God is going to do good things for you this year. Everybody say, believe. believe. Turn to your neighbor and say, believe. believe. You see, one of the real problems that oftentimes will replace faith or replace believing is nostalgia. You say, what is nostalgia? It's a disease. It's when a person's always thinking about the past and how great the past was and we've never gotten up to where we were. Oh, stop it already. Because if all you're doing is thinking of the past, you're not going to be ready for the new thing God wants to do right now in you. And faith that he's asking you to have in this time to receive this word is expectancy. Everybody say it with me, expectancy. When you leave this building today, you leave with the word of the Lord, revive, revive, revive. And when you leave with that, there's an expectancy. God is going to do something. I can't wait. Every time you come to church, there's an expectancy. Miracles are going to happen. The word of the Lord's going to come forth in power. Great things are going to happen. It is absolutely essential. Because the word of the Lord is clear. According to your faith, be it done unto you. When God gave me this word, I began to realize how desperately I needed the word. Because it's so easy over a season of life, especially as I've pastored here now 30, I'll be 35 years in May. And, you know, you, 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 you just expect certain things to happen, certain things are going to go on. And what's happened so oftentimes is it's, it's easy for you to not have a spirit of expectancy. Because everything's wonderful, everything's rolling like a wonderful, well-oiled machine. There's got to be expectancy. Oh, revive. Revive. It is the word for you. And if there's an expectancy on your part of the power of God that will come to revive you and all of your relationships, it will take place. That brings me then to the seventh thing that you need to do. Let's review. We need to praise. We need to pray. We need to listen. We need to turn. We need to stay humble. We need to believe. 
but we need to enjoy his presence. Some of you right now watching your clock and saying, oh, pastor, you only got three minutes left and the time's up. <laughs> football game's on. Remember, pastor, football game's on. You know, if you've come to church to experience the presence of God and you experience his presence, time ceases. It's not that I'm not going to be sensitive about time. I always am. Because I know all of us have responsibilities and things we must do. And of course, your team won't win unless you're watching it on television. You know that, don't you? friend, please understand. He wants us to enjoy him. Part of reviving is enjoying God again. Just enjoying him. Hanging out with God, taking him out on a date, having a wonderful time with the Lord. When you come to church, you come, oh, oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Somebody say amen. I like what Hosea says in chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. He says, He will revive us that we may live in His presence. How wonderful. How wonderful. How wonderful. You need to believe. You need to believe that God's going to fulfill his purpose in your life, as the psalmist writes in 138.7. You need to enjoy his presence. You need to turn, listen, pray, and praise. And if you'll do that, in your response to the word revive, there is going to be in your life things that will happen this year that will absolutely blow your mind. You say, well, what about the world? I'm not talking about the world. The world's going to hell. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Well, there are going to be problems. There will always be problems. I'm talking about you and the word of the Lord for you. I like what the writer Habakkuk says. Chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Revive. Revive. Revive them in our day and in our time. Make them known. Now is the time. Now is the time. Experience what God has for you. He wants to revive you. Stand to your feet.
Put both hands in the air, and I want everyone in this house, whether you've ever said anything out loud to God or not, now's the time to do it. I want you to thank Him right now with your heart over I'm what He's going voice. to do for you this year and what He's going to do through KC. Those of you watching Hallelujah. this by streaming, those of you that will watch this video, I want you standing to your feet. I thank want you, you lifting your voice, and I want you to praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise Him Lord, right out loud. Lord, Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We praise you, God. Lord, thank you. Come on, lift your voice and just worship him. Lord, thank you. Praise you, God. Oh, we glorify you tonight. We glorify you tonight. Come on, what's the word of the Lord for 2015? Revive. What is it? What is it? Come on, with all your heart. What is it? Five. Two zero one five. Lord, thank you for the word of the Lord tonight, and thank you for this new year. We say yes. We say yes to your word. Yes to your precious promises that are yes and amen. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come upon us, God. Holy Spirit, you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We endeavor to never close a service without giving an opportunity for people to get their hearts right with God. Sin separates you from God. But God made a way for you. God made a way for me. We enter into his grace. We enter into newness of life. We have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. We're translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his son through repentance. Repentance means to turn from your wicked ways, to turn from sin and turn towards him and ask him to forgive you receive his free gift if you're here tonight and you've never given your heart to Jesus or maybe you used to live for him and you know you that you've drifted away you're here in this great auditorium or you're online tonight or you're listening by podcast over the web and if you died tonight if tonight is your last night do you know for sure whether you'd go to heaven and uh, I hope so it's not a good enough answer know believe it's in the book of John we've written these written these things that you may know you can know that you're saved you can know that you're forgiven if that's you you've drifted you want to come back home or you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time don't play religious games don't do it don't do it get right with God get right If your heart condemns you, you know, that's you. I like saying it this way also. If you can't remember when you gave your heart to Jesus, you probably didn't do that. If you can't remember when you got right with God, when you were born again, then you might not have. With every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this place, people praying. If you died tonight, tonight was your last night, you know for sure that you would end up in heaven. Parted from this world. 
Do you know for sure that your sins are forgiven? Do you know for sure? Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus? Have you been cleansed by the Lamb? It's not religion that's going to save you. It's not, it's not following the rules that save you. It's not going to church that saves you or getting baptized that saves you. There's only one thing that saves you, repentance and receiving God's free gift. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The prophet says, our sins be as scarlet. He makes them as white as snow. He takes our sin as he throws it as far as the east is from the west. And it doesn't go around and hit you in the back of your head. It just keeps going. Goes in the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers it no more. In the book of Leviticus, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And when you look at the, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, it's all a type. It's all a shadow of the ultimate final sacrifice, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. As John the Baptist said, Jesus, the Lamb of God, slain, crucified for your sin and for mine. You enter into forgiveness by repentance and you receive His free gift of salvation. If you've never done that, or you've drifted in your walk with God, you come home tonight or you give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You say, that's me, Pastor Daniel. Is there anybody? You say, that's you. You want to get right with God? God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? You want to get right with God? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? You want to get right with the Lord? You've drifted. God bless you. Thank you, man. I see that hand, sweetheart. God bless you. Anybody else? Come on, boldly. God bless you. I see that hand. Come on, don't play church. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Come on, slip your hand up if that's you. Don't play church. Don't mess around. God bless you. Awesome. Come on, it's a new day. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to get right, to, to repent. And you're responding. Anybody else? My goodness, people getting right with God tonight. Anybody else? You raised your hand and you meant business with God. I mean, you're serious. Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. Now, in a moment, Pastor Alex is going to sing. And when he does, if you lifted your hand, I want you to boldly step out from where you're standing. You meet me right here. Come on. You serious about it? If you're serious. For real.
ask you to get bold now. Turn to the person on your right or your left and ask the wait, wait, I didn't tell you what to ask him yet. Hold on. Say, if you die tonight, are you going to go to heaven? And if they say something like, uh, 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 say, you know what, I'll go with you. And if, they, if, they, if, they're, if they're going to heaven anyway, then they, they're just going to be glad you asked them, all right? So just, just, just get over yourself a little bit. Ready, set, go. Go ahead, ask them. And if they say, uh, 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 or yeah, no, I don't, then, then come on, walk down here with them. Come on, come. Lord, I give you. right out loud those of you that are up front give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him and I understand that it might it might be too much to get out and come up front and we're just challenging you we're encouraging you if you're serious God knows that you are you pray this with all your heart whether you're up front or you're in the congregation or you're online come on pray with me say dear Jesus thank you for coming dying in my place forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life come into my heart be my Lord be my Savior wash me and cleanse me make me new write my name in the Lamb's book of life thank you for loving me for you lift your hands and surrender to God Almighty Holy Spirit I pray touch each and every one God touch right now in Jesus name Jesus name fill touch Lord touch be filled come on if you have the freedom to pray in the spirit go ahead do that right now be filled Holy Spirit fill these touch these if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, ask God to fill you right now. Ephesus, he asks them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's quite a question to ask. Have you received the Spirit since you believed? 
This is in the Bible. Can you imagine going to somebody when you meet them? They say, oh, I go to the church of the firstborn of Mount Zion. Tabernacle. They say, oh, well, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? That, that's what that's like. It was so important to the Apostle Paul. It was so crucial that he would ask somebody, have you ever received the Holy Spirit? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself, have you received the Holy Spirit? If the answer is, uh, I don't know, or no, then ask him to fill you. You need the Holy Spirit. You cannot do this Christian walk without the power of the Spirit of God. You don't just have to white knuckle it and hope you make it. You can walk in victory, power to witness, power to resist the devil. Come on, you don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor, but you need the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, all across this place, lift your hands. Let God fill you. Holy Spirit, touch right now. Be filled. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Gotta let sounds and syllables come forth. Give you a prayer language. That's the beginning. Be filled. Be revived. Be filled. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Be filled tonight. In Jesus' name. There's a time to study to show yourself approved, and frankly, there's a time to just turn this off and receive. Amen. I hope that you guys have got courage. What's the word of the Lord for 2015? Revive. What is it? Revive. What is it? Revive. Let it be emblazoned on your heart. Expect the great moves of the Spirit of God this year. Powerful message. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Take someone by the hand tonight as we close in prayer. Hallelujah. Minister Michael Pisoni, would you come and close us tonight? We'd walk into our, our jobs, into our workplaces tomorrow and this whole week feeling revived and everything that you have for us. So we just thank you for, for, for everyone that's here. I pray that you be with them. Bless every one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, we'll hope to see you Wednesday night. I'll be preaching the word of the Lord on Wednesday. You don't want to miss it. Invite people. God bless you that are online. We'll see you Wednesday. Register for the prophetic conference if you haven't done it. Stop at the iDesk. Be a part of that. February 13, 14, 15, 16. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. 
Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.